The new book is Killing the Killers. Killing the Killers. The Secret War Against Terrorists uh, by Bill O'Reilly, the number one cable television news host of all time, the number one best-selling author of all time as well in the nonfiction section. Bill O'Reilly, welcome. How are you? You got a free book, Kelly, at the party at WABC had on Tuesday night, right? I got four th- free books, actually. Four. For fa- <laughs> so, well, wow. uh, family and friends, you know. Uh, thank you, Bill. And uh, yeah, it- that's all right. It's not going to help me on the New York Times bestseller list, but we did debut at number one, so we're real happy about that. And people say to me, oh, "You don't like the New York Times, so why do you care?" Because that, as everybody knows, in the book business is the most widely distributed bestseller list. So you want to be up there for marketing purposes. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, is there, like, do they play games with these lists? I mean, to me, it would be kind of cut and dried what books are selling the most. They can they can fool around with that stuff, right? Yeah, it's not hard to do that. I mean, I'm not going to make any accusations now, but um, somehow in the count of killing the killers for first week, 50,000 copies that were sold have disappeared. No one has a record of them. So we're we're investigating now to see why they disappeared. But we sold 112,000 copies of Killing the Killers the first week out. And they're only registering 60,000, which is more than anybody else anyway. But where's the other 50,000? We'd like to know. Hey, uh... You know, I know about we know about bin Laden and uh, al-Baghdadi. Uh, a lot of terrorists are killed in this book. Which is your favorite? What do you think the viewers are going to be most uh, the readers are going to be most surprised by? Al-Baghdadi. Al-Baghdadi raped and ultimately ordered the murder of 26 year old Kayla Muller, a humanitarian worker from Arizona who went to Turkey to deal with the refugees there and was a very, very nice young woman. She made a huge mistake. She tried to go to a doctor's without border facilities in Syria. They, ISIS stopped her car, kidnapped her, and Al-Baghdadi himself abused her. And not only that, he sent emails to Kayla's parents in Phoenix, and they cooperated with me on this book, taunting them, uh, demanding $20 million ransom, that kind of thing. And we got access to those. So... It's a horrible story about Kayla Muller. I had to tell it to show what true evil really is. But then when U.S. Special Forces go in and get him, you'll be applauding. That's awesome. And by the way, the Bush, I'm sorry, the Trump administration, I kind of, I seem to remember the Mullers going to the convention, speaking at it. They received, I believe, a heck of a lot more support from Trump than from Team Obama, not to make a political thing out of this, but I just facts are facts, right? They did feel supported by Trump. Yeah, in the beginning, Barack Obama was befuddled about terrorism. There's no question about it. He was the one that withdrew all the troops from Iraq, the U.S. troops, including the Marines over there. were doing a fabulous job. I know you're a former Marine. Um, and then ISIS moved in and did their evil deeds, killed thousands of people. That embarrassed Obama. And he changed his attitude in his last two years about hunting down and killing these terrorists. But at the same time, there's a law that says the United States government or any citizen cannot pay ransom to terror organizations. Now, you can get around that law by going to Denmark or something like that, but 
the kicker on the story is even if you pay the millions, there's no guarantee you're going to get your loved one back. I mean, you're dealing with savages here, and words mean nothing. So it is a complicated process. The the Mullers did not want to scorch Barack Obama, and he did eventually meet with them. But Trump was much more simplistic about terror. Trump was basically find them and kill them. That was Trump's order. No nuance. And uh, the U.S. Special Forces and CIA and NSA did and, and wiped out a lot of them. And including ISIS. I mean, I think it's fair to say ISIS was a huge issue basically up until maybe seven or eight months into Trump's administration. I mean, ISIS was all over the place and then they were gone. You never heard of him about about him again. And no one gave Trump any credit. He did loosen the rules of engagement and he really did unleash the military over there, didn't he? Yes, absolutely. There's no question. Trump, one of his main campaign promises was he would destroy ISIS. He did. But interestingly enough, he doesn't mention it very much, Greg. Um, In the four shows I did with him, we talked about it somewhat, but he isn't putting that forefront. I think he should. I told him that. I said, look, this is a tremendous accomplishment because now ISIS is back. In Western Iraq, they're trying to reconstitute there. And, of course, al-Qaeda is back in Afghanistan. Why are they back? One reason, they want to kill infidels, and the American citizen is at the top of the infidel list. But in Killing the Killers, we don't do politics at all. We, we, just, we just sweep you through um, the trackdown and the assassination of these evil people. But there's no question that the Trump administration was much more vehement in getting the terrorists than Bush or Obama. And we we stopped the book. The last part of the book is the unbelievable fiasco in Afghanistan engineered by President Biden. And inside story of why the 18 U.S. service people were killed at Kabul airport. And it's insane what happened there. But we got the inside story, and that's what closes the killing the killers. Hey, by the way, when we do kill a killer, when we get a big terrorist, it's kind of amazing. It's one of the few processes in government that is basically airtight. You don't hear about these things ahead of time. People you keep their mouths shut. After, unless the president wants to announce it. So today, there could be a firefight in Africa between U.S. ground forces, special forces who are over there, and Boko Haram ISIS. And you would never know, even if American servicemen were killed. And we, we put you in one of these firefights in Mali where there were some U.S. servicemen killed. But no one knows because there's no reporting. And as soon as the firefight happens, it's slapped with a classified label. And we were lucky enough, I convinced a number of national security advisors um, in all three administrations to talk to me and tell me what they saw and what they know, which they did, all of them. Nobody turned me down. And that's the body of Killing the Killers. It's all information nobody's ever seen before. We love it. We love. Hey, let me. You talk to the president. Uh, I'm sure President Trump. And I just read not all of it, but parts of it. Mark Esper's book, the former Secretary of Defense. Nobody knows who he is. He was barely there. And of course, he comes out all against Trump. I have a lot of problems with this guy Esper. I don't like him. I don't like what he's saying. He's wrong about a lot of stuff. How do we get President Trump, if he gets back in there, and I think he will, I hope he does, to get better about picking people? I think he waits to the last minute and he asks the swamp for their recommendations 
and we get the same old people or we get people with absolutely no loyalty. And um, he's got to fix that. He's That's something – I love the guy. I love his style. I love his politics. But he's got to get better at that. Well, he's got to have better advisors because he's a businessman. He doesn't know the inner Washington workings. But as for it, nobody's buying his book, number one. And number two, he's so disingenuous because I know this for a fact. He says that Trump said, oh, I want to drop bombs on uh, the cartels in Mexico. Remember that? That was a big 60 Minutes thing. And Nora O'Donnell sitting there doesn't know anything. With all due respect to Nora, I like her as a person, but come on. So here's what happened. Do you have time for me to tell the story? Sure. Okay. So uh, about uh, three years ago, maybe a little bit more, I'm having a private conversation with President Trump, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me relating it. And he's talking about the drug cartels in Mexico. And I said to him, there's only one way you're going to stop that. And he paused. He goes, how's that? I said, if you designate them terror groups, like the Sinaloa cartel is a terror group, you can drone them. You can use the hellfire on them. You can send in special forces because that's the law in the United States. You, federal government designates a terror group. We can attack them at will. All right? So he loved that idea. So he goes to Obrador, the president of Mexico, and again, I know this is fact, and he says, I'm going to designate all these cartels as terror groups. I want you to join me, and we'll wipe them out. And Obrador says, oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that because it would make Obrador look weak. So then Trump negotiates a deal with Obrador that he would put the Mexican army on the southern and northern borders and stop the migration, which is exactly what happened. And in addition, Trump got a much better tariff deal on trade. So he didn't designate the hotels, but he got that in return. That's what Esper, what he told Esper. But Esper did not tell the truth to the American people. He's trying to portray Trump as some loon running around going, I'm going to bomb Mexico. You, I mean, it's unbelievable. And, I, and Kelly, I've never told that story before. But that is absolutely in stone what happened. No, it makes total sense. I believe you. I do not believe Mark Esper. Don't like him. Uh, very, very disappointed. And uh, he's got to do better, Trump, next time in picking people. Hey, final thing. You know, we got the big race there in Pennsylvania. The primary is Tuesday. I know you used to work in Scranton. I think that was your first TV job, right? Yeah. You, I didn't know Joe Biden, though. I know he was born there, but I, I missed him. Hey, you know where he lived for a little while, by the way? He lived in Garden City. On Long Island. No kidding. It's in his own book. Yeah, you he know, was in the city? Uh, Garden City. Garden City. And oh, he, Garden City, Long Island. Right, which wow. is a very beautiful town. And, you know, this whole uh, hard luck Joe and the down on his luck all the time and the old man, it's all a, it's all a, a joke. It's all a fantasy. <laughs> right. But what's your, what's your sense of what's going to happen uh, in the Senate race? I don't know. I don't follow the state by state except for New York State. It was interesting to see Mark Penn come out and say that Hochul might lose. Um, here, but I just don't know what's going to happen in Pennsylvania. I like the state. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is an important state, but I just don't know. All right. Well, listen, everybody should get Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorists, uh, number one on the New York Times bestseller list. All of these books are fascinating reads, of course. Bill O'Reilly, thanks so much for being with us. All right, Greg. Thanks for having me in. You bet, pal. 